Welcome to Valtteri Podcast, a podcast that is meant to be about Formula One, but actually isn't really about Formula One. We are in an alternate reality that's exactly the same as ours, but with one exception. A regulation change means that this Formula One season, a different wildcard team is added to every race on the calendar. This team is fully expected to finish last each week, and therefore does not have to abide by any of the rules laid out for other teams, and is also provided for infinite funding. Each episode, we will meet the CEO of the team entering the upcoming race, to understand how they've set up their team, and how they've prepared for this one-off occasion. Interviewing them shall be your podcast host, Tim Borge, who is also the owner of this voice. Hello! This week's race shall be in Bahrain, and we are joined by the CEO of Team Not You Too, Harry Hussey. Hello, Harry Hussey. Welcome to Valtteri Podcast. Hello, Tim Borges. I'm delighted to be part of this podcast. Uh, that's the first time I've ever said the name of the podcast to someone, and oh, it, it sounds fun saying it, knowing it's a bad pun. Mm. On Valletta, is it? Uh, yes, sure. Do, yes. Do you, actually, yeah, do you know why it's called Valtteri Podcast? No, I thought it might have been to do with Valletta. No, okay. For the listener, um, immediate reveal, I am from the country whose capital city is Valletta. Mm. Ooh, mystery. You can guess where. <laughs> Let's be frank, listeners will know who I am. Um, no, that's not the reason it's called Valtteri Podcast. Uh, do you want a second guess? Or... Ride of the Valkyries pun? The ride of the what? The ride, you know, Wagner, the ride of the Valkyries. Da, 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 da. Uh, stop there, um, just in case of copyright. Um, okay. That was a very good impression of that. Um, no, uh, I, won't re- I won't reveal why necessarily, but that um, does answer the follow-up question, which is, what is your level of interest in Formula One? Because this is adjacent to that. It's not really about Formula One, but it's... All right. Kind of... Well, being absolutely honest, during the 1990s, I occasionally watched it, but all I know about modern Formula One is that Lewis Hamilton is riding for some yeah. team. I don't. I, I, it would go back more to the days of uh, Michael Schumacher and Damon Hill and even Nigel Mansell. The the the, the good old days before, the good old days. before my birth. Um, I remember weirdly my, my dad had like a record because he's really into it. He had a recording okay. of like one race from like 1996. Yeah, which had a load of rain in it. I think like maybe eight drivers finished it. Damon Hill was definitely involved. I don't remember a tour, a tour de Ireland. No, <laughs> it sounds like it should have been in Ireland, Mandelo Park or something in Dublin. Yeah, I don't think it's ever been. It's never been here. No, no, yet. no. I don't think we've any place for it. Unfortunately, not yet. Another thing in common between Malta and Ireland. It's like. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, we love. Potatoes. We're all Catholic. We've got yeah. no history in Formula One. That's the no. three pillars of, or two places. Oh, exactly. Are potatoes a big thing in Malta as well? Oh yeah. We, as far as I know, we sell them to the Netherlands. That's bizarre. And they they like them in the Netherlands. Uh, that's what I'm told. I so... know they do. I've I've seen them there. I've, and and uh, like chips and all these kind of things. Yeah. They, it's they not they that like they don't that. eat them. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is. They grow quite well in the Dutch climate as well, so I can't understand it. Yeah, we're ripping them off is what's happening. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, for us it is. Definitely. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and for, if they're willing the to economy? pay... economy? If they're willing to pay that cost, 
I don't really feel sorry for buying potatoes from Malta. Yeah, and to be fair, like they don't keep their own potatoes, but they get to have a, a Formula One world champion. So um, mm. I guess you win some, you lose some. Exactly, and they have a decent football team sometimes, unlike my nation or yours. Although that's it, they've only they've only won one tournament ever. Uh, I'll explain the premise of the podcast just in case once again. So what's happening here is we are essentially in an alternate universe where it's exactly the same as ours, but you know there's one small change, which is a regulation for this season of Formula One, which means that instead of the ten teams per race. We have 11 teams. One different wildcard team gets to enter each week. And today we're meeting the CEO of the 11th team for the Bahrain race. Um, Harry Hussey is said CEO. What team are you in charge of? What the, what's the name of your team, Harry? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I'll probably try and get something to do with ireland in there without it being something really crap like the shamrocks or some diddly idol type name so i'll just say not you too not you too well okay we produce more than just you too so i have to say not you too um you can see the level of thought that went into that so not you too (laughs) um i guess that automatically rules bono out of a driver's seat it does you see that's a little bit of jealousy on my part. Bono has the same birthday as me. He's older oh, than me, but he, he has the yeah. same birthday. And it doesn't matter what else I do unless I murder the president or do something. I'll never be as famous as Bono. Yeah, but l- luckily he doesn't have your level of philanthropy, Bono. Mm-hmm. No, I, I wouldn't like to comment on what he does, but he just... Tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. Oh, again, that could be copyrighted. The Thanks Wagner, for stopping right on time. Wagner would be out of copyright, but that would be in copyright. I'll, I'll Bob Geldof coming after me. Give <laughs> us the fucking money. Give us the fucking money. Uh, one other great thing about Harry, of course, is he's never dropped songs on people's iPhones without their permission. No, no, I've not done that. I've not recorded an album yet. So, yeah. No. And I'm going to hold you to the whole thing of not dropping songs for free onto other people's devices. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I'd want to make money off it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're a CEO of the 11th team oh, exactly. in Bahrain this week. Yeah. Um, of course, you do. You probably won't make anything out of it. You've been given unlimited funds by the FIA, but mm. you will make a loss as a result. You're just getting a lovely weekend away. Oh, um, nice. So not you too. Yeah. is the name of your team. Okay. Not you too. So let's learn a bit more about how your team is going to operate. What kind of vehicles are you going to be using here for your drivers? Um, well, I suppose really, but let's not make it far-fetched here. I would be looking at something akin to Kit in Knight Rider, but realizing that there is no such thing as AI at that level. So I wouldn't have the AI aspect, but I would still have the turbo boost and all these souped up extras. So that you could press the turbo boost and just go faster for a while, that kind of thing. And you could jump over another car. Okay. So for those listeners and possible podcast hosts who are not familiar with Kid and Knife Rider. Knife Rider was a show that was out in the 1980s with David Hasselhoff before Baywatch as somebody who was riding around in a sentient car fighting crime for some ill-defined government-ish type organization. 
my question there is why would the sentient car need the driver? It's a good question. It's so long since I've seen it. It's a very formulaic show. I mean, it's, it's one of these things like the A-Team where most episodes are the same as each other. I think there was one episode right, like where there was, or two episodes where there was a rivalry with an, an earlier prototype of Kate who was, for some reason, evil. But uh, I don't know how sentient he was. He, did, he could drive himself because sometimes he would come to pick up Michael Knight. But yet Michael Knight was in the car. So I don't know. This makes... I mean, it's it's taken forty years, but I guess we're we're finding pieces to rip apart on Hasselhoff's plot here. Well, yes. What, what, what were you thinking? Well, it was the role that launched him to fame. To be fair. Yeah, of course. Uh, we can all think of money over narrative, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and look, it was the nineteen eighties. There were a lot of really shallow premises to crime fighting type shows back then. I mean, the, I remember a show called Manimal with the late Simon McCorkendale, and he had this ill-defined ability that was somehow passed to him as a child from his father uh, that he could transform into any animal, but it, because of budgetary limitations, there were only sequences showing him transforming into a bird of prey and a black panther. A bird of prey yeah, and a black it, panther. Yeah, I think the bird of prey was a red-tailed hawk or something, some North American species okay but it was defined like it was pretty clear that he could choose to transform into anything well yeah what they do for the other ones where they didn't have transformation sequences is the actor would go off the screen and then they'd lead a horse in or something like he'd be meant to be the horse you know <laughs> they didn't even make an effort and the worst thing is as well i think it's often spoken of in one of these things of like naff 80s shows i although when i was just the right age for it or a strange child or something i actually liked it but it only ran for one series and they cancelled it. Oh, that I is know, a shame. Yeah. I'm guessing it's because they found the plot holes, though. No, it's Again. just because it was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> but I was eight, so I, I liked not... it back then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, that, that, that's, yeah. that's your defence. You was eight. I was eight, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't watch it now. I was going to say unless it's for nostalgia, but then again, I've gone back to watch things just for nostalgia. and. It depends. Sometimes you do it in you actually discovered that it works on another level as an adult and sometimes you do it and it's like like the A-Team is very hard to watch as an adult. Is because it? I've oh, never watched well, it so... Well yeah I loved it back in the day but like most people in my generation in the western world did but I mean it's very formulaic like there's one point where Hannibal would put on a disguise for no reason just to meet with a potential client who wouldn't know him to see anyway and it'll be an unconvincing disguise <laughs> Face will try and chat up whatever good-looking woman is involved. Uh, they'll have to get uh, Murdoch out of the um, asylum for some reason. And BA will be there and he say he, he doesn't want to get on a plane. So they'll give him milk with some sleeping drug or something to put into it. And he'll wake up then, how did I get here, Hannibal? And he never learns. He's all, he always takes that, the, the milk raw hypnol and wakes up. Yeah. And I know it's a different show you're talking about. That learning, ironically, is like one of the main uh, important things in AI. And given you said that you yes. basically have an almost AI-esque car, well, do you think? It's yeah, but without the person, without the personality, because like in the show, Kit could speak, and he he could be slightly snarky at times as well. But I won't have that level of intelligence. So I'll just have something like there's a few little things built in, you know, because if you're driving a car that fast you need to have something as, as a safety precaution, just so there might be some sort of 
emergency system of bra- fast braking or something like that, just in case you're going to crash. Because if you put on a turbo boost for a bit of the race, you're really going to be flying around the track. It's going to be a massive airbag. Probably, or a big parachute up the back. Like in the, <laughs> like in the 60s. The, 60, the 60s Batmobile would be another example, and that didn't have any AI, but the, the 1960s Batman's Batmobile. Okay, None so of these a... fancier ones that actually have offensive weapons built into them. This would be just sometimes a big fuck-off rocket at the back. In your case, you will have this emergency system which engages a massive parachute when yes. it is danger, presumably. If, it, if it's going to crash into something, no, of course problem with that if there's anybody either side trying to come up around the side the parachute will go in front of them but well i won't be trying to do anything to kill anyone but i just hope they'll be able to avoid it any other gadgets involved in the car on no cheating ones i'm not going to go down the james bond road i'm not going to build in guns or oil slicks or anything i don't want to i want to run a fair team so it's caution yeah it's just caution for the driver's benefit really caution But luckily, it seems you might have an actually competitive car. I don't know what speed can it get up to. Um, for limited periods, two hundred and fifty kilometers. An hour. Oh, I take back the whole competitive car thing. Okay. Um, but you know what? You might not get lapped as many times as I thought. So <laughs> maximum two hundred and fifty. Is that actually slow for one of these? Oh yeah. I was just going according. I was going according to what a Peregrine Falcon could do in a stoop as the fastest bird in the world. You know what? You might get lucky. We don't know what the conditions will be on the day. We don't know if there's. It's the first race of the season. People might be rusty. You might. It'll be sunny. It'll be sunny. It's Bahrain. It's Bahrain in March. Um, Or do they have a monsoon season in Bahrain? Probably not. um, I'm very uneducated when it comes to the weather conditions of Bahrain. I know further south in the Arabian Peninsula, in the areas like uh, southern Oman and southern Yemen, you have a kind of an Afro-tropical climate. Uh, so you can get... There is a wet season, but okay. Bahrain, I'd imagine there isn't. Probably more typically Persian Gulf-type weather. I imagine it's one of these places, more like Dubai Arab Emirates kind of thing, where it's... They will get some rain, but there's not a specified wet season. They will get bar rain. <laughs> mm, exactly. Do, do. So we've we've figured out the conditions in Bahrain. It's very unlikely to rain, even though the country is called Bahrain. <laughs> okay. Um, yep. You kill me. Oh, not literally. I hope I won't. Um, although... Luckily, one thing that can't kill me is your car because of the parachute. Unless the parachute fails. Um, so it apparently, a constantly around maximum like 0.4 inches worth of rain, hardly ever going past one. So I know. you'll remain on your slick tires throughout the race. I assume that's going to be... It's, it'll be a novelty to me being there as an Irishman. Is there no history of Irishmen ever being in Bahrain? Well, there must be. We get everywhere. There's probably an Irish bar on. You probably, if they discover intelligent life somewhere else, there's probably an Irish bar there because they prob, when they abducted Americans, all the Americans came back down and said, they don't put an anal probe up my ass. And what happened then is if they abducted Irish people, somebody would have opened an Irish bar on that planet. Putting anal probes up his ass, is that a security measure in Dublin? No, it's just what the Americans do when they're in denial about the consensual sex that happened with the aliens up on the spaceship. 
they're just going to pretend it was an anal probe and it was done against their will because they don't want to sound like they like that kind of stuff. (laughs) This conversation has drifted to an area um, where I'm lost, frankly. So am I I completely lost. I'm just surmising. Podcasts in it. There mightn't even be intelligent life. Where? In America? Well, that's true too, but uh, in space. Back to your car, we said yes. there's an emergency system, massive parachute, and a maximum of 250 kilometers per hour. Although, let's, let's do a thing. You have a month to prepare. You've managed to up that speed. So Yes, I did, on... I, I, I'll move the dial up to 11, like in uh, Spinal Tap. Because yeah. I didn't realize that was... The car can actually go faster, but I didn't realize that was slow. Yeah, That's so much uh, I know about uh, Formula 1. That's fine. But on this occasion, it's competitive to an extent. That's what yes. we'll say. It's competitive. Steady. Exactly. Steady. What, what does your car look like as well? Does it look like a standard um, road it looks luxury like car? A, like a 1980s sports car. Like 1980s a, sports car. Kind of one of these things like other, you know... They're all very different from each other, but you know, typical anyway. I mean, it could be a Ferrari, it could be a Corvette, any of these kind of sports cars you'd see in any TV shows in the eighties. All right, so you're a very eighties theme. I'm noticing. Yeah, but now. I'm an old. The I'm name an old is man. not you two as well. Yeah, but you two were also not. You two were also big in the nineties. They were, but you know, they did start out. They started in the seventies. Their, their, oh, their first, okay. their first number one hit in Ireland was in the seventies, but they didn't have hits anywhere else until nineteen eighty. Right. So they weren't relevant during like a, a certain part of the eighties, and I guess that's the period no. of the eighties we're aiming at. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, you. I'll steer away from the eighties, eighties, so to speak, because like anything up to about nineteen eighty-three, there was like nineteen seventy-eight to eighty-three was like a separate decade from the seventies and the eighties. And it informs my dress sense and all that kind of stuff. But the, <laughs> but the real 80s with mullets and loud colours and everything, no, I'll steer clear of that. It's too cliched. We'll still clear of that, okay. Yeah, early so, 80s altogether, the very early stuff. So I wonder now if the early 80s mm. period is also not just going to inform your dress sense, but also your branding for the Not You 2 team. No, um, what's your logo going to be like? What's the car going to be designed like? Well, okay. I want to know now. How? Yeah, well, okay. What I will do is to fit the whole thing of not you two. Do you know those little signs that you do? Like if, if you have road signs and you have the, the red circle around the outside and the red line diagonally down? Yeah. It'd be that and a picture of Bono and the fly shades they had in the early 90s and that through it. So it's like not you two. So oh, it's right. just okay. And 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 maybe if anyone asks me if there's any trademarks or anything, I'd say that's not Bono. He's called Bonio, <laughs> uh, like the dog food. And any resemblance to Bono is purely coincidental. Yeah, you could just stop as well as um, at that's not Bono because you're literally yeah. saying you know cutting Bono it's, out of it. Yeah, I'll make it. I'll make it as if it's a Bono impersonator, but it's not Bono. But I won't be pretending that he is impersonating Bono. Hell of a badge we got there. So I'm assuming you're going circular. Like well, a circular logo, way. yes. A cir- uh, red. I like the traditional color as well, the red on it. The car itself then will be whitish for the red off a bit better. Okay, so the car will be completely white, we're saying? or Yeah, apart from where the logo the logo will be on the bonnet and it will be on the doors. Okay, okay. And but, maybe but... maybe we might have a red spoiler at the back, you know? This feels very Ghostbusters-y, so all of a sudden. That's coincidental as well. 
It's not like the Ghostbusters wagon. That thing couldn't go too fast. If you look at it, that was a station wagon thing. That couldn't go fast. It definitely couldn't. It's like a, no, you know, an amped up version of the wagon. It's almost like a hearse on, to- on purpose, maybe, because they're going after ghosts. It's the next step. It's like, okay, you've bought the coffin to the funeral in a black hearse. So paint the same car white. And you're going after the troublemaking ghost that was left after the body that was in the house. Would it be possible in any way for the vehicle you've designed to actually catch ghosts? Or at least tell us if they exist. Don't be silly. Ghosts don't exist. (laughs) Well, they might. Don't ruin it for me. No, they might. I don't know. But in this, it's not the... My philanthropy only goes so far. I mean, I'm kind of thinking, like, what's the point in cracking down on ghosts? Because if ghosts exist... I might wind up to be a ghost sometime when oh. I die. And what's the point in me bringing in technology that can capture ghosts if it might be used to capture me after my death? This is so forward thinking. Of course. See, Bono doesn't do this. No, not at all. He just sits at home and counts his millions. Yeah, exactly. Hussey yeah. sits at home and gives away his millions to the ghosts. Definitely, yes. The millions that I've been given to give, they're not my own to give. I'm not a millionaire. I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I was. Uh, but Great first review. Well, I would actually, because you're a friend of mine. So <laughs> I would. So that's a bit about the design of the, of the logo and a little bit of the car. Um, any like other special effects uh, design-wise coming out of the car? Not really. Nothing too fancy. I want, I want the results to speak for themselves. Really. No neon lighting? <laughs> oh, no, no. We don't want any boy racers. Okay. I do, do you have those in Malta as well? What's a boy racer? The boy racers, like, and they'd soup up all the cars. They'd have, like, the neon lighting underneath. These things are all illegal, but they'd still have it. They'd have, and they'd have, um, you know, basically pimped up cars. And they're usually okay. rubbishy little cars because it's lads about 18, 19, 20. So they're oh, not right. splashing out in huge cars. But they tint the windows. They get the neon lights. They get big speakers. So if they're going past, you'd hear their rubbish music, like Jason Derulo or something. Say that correctly. Out. Say that correctly. What is Jason Derulo not his real name? No, it's, it's pronounced Jason Derulo. That's how you okay. pronounce it every time. Jason Derulo, like a 12-inch, not not that kind of 12-inch, like 12 inches of a piece of wood. Not that kind of wood. And, uh, yeah. What do you mean, not that kind of 12-inch? It's, it's, it's fairly static value. Yes, but not alluding to something else that somebody might be trying to hope to. I didn't think you were alluding to something else before you mentioned or a twelve Or a 12-inch of uh, a record. Yes. Which was before my time, even, because like when I started buying music properly, it would have been CDs. Ah, yeah. So, yeah, we do have those kind of cars, the boy, boy racers. I just didn't yeah. know they were called that. We've got a load of them here as well. I don't know if they're called in England. Either. Maybe they are boy racers there as well. But it's going to stick in my head now. I'm going to keep calling them boy racers, and people are going to be left wholly confused. And do they uh, do uh, donuts in the roads as well, Tim? Selling donuts on the roads? No, no donuts. That they... Oh, it's... oh, like skid marks. Yes. Donuts. Yes. yes. Oh, specific areas, though. Not the same any area. public road. No, no, there's certain stretches of road, and if you drive there, there might be none on a given day, and then you go back there another time, and somebody's done a figure of eight with the tires. Okay. All this kind of stuff, yeah. No, I think here it's quite impossible to achieve that because it's so constantly locked in traffic. You just never really get the opportunity to do The that whole country. Thing. Oh, yeah. Like they would do it if they could, but no. But you mean to say the whole the whole road system in Malta is bumper to bumper all of the time? 
No gaps. How, 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 how do pedestrians cross the road? Oh, that's, the easy, over that's the easy bit because if the cars aren't moving, crossing the no, road. No, but if they're moving a small bit, but bumper to bumper. But then they're moving slowly. Uh, that is a mystery because um, hmm. I, I just don't leave the house ever, so I don't know. And do you drive yourself, Tim? I do not drive, no, actually. I, I don't I, either. A, a motorcycle, technically, but I don't currently have one, so I have driven. No, I have a learner permit and I have driven cars, but I don't have a full license. Oh, okay. But that's why I won't be driving for my own team, because um, I wouldn't trust myself at that speed. Spoilers. Okay. Exactly. Spoiler at the back of it. And in fact, let's leave it on a bit of a cliffhanger here. We'll get a word from our sponsors, then we'll return. It's not actually a word from our sponsors. I'm not getting chased by the um, the VPN lot as of yet. Uh, it's just a plug for Harry's stuff. If you're enjoying listening to Harry on this, uh, follow him on Instagram. It's at Harry underscore Hussy 75. That's H-A-R-R-Y underscore H-U-S-S-E-Y 75. And uh, if you're in or around the Cork area, uh, do go check out some local nights. He gigs regularly at some places, gigs regularly at the Coco Club, uh, crops up quite a bit at Crew Comedy, the Comedy Bunker, or uh, I'm going to butcher this name, Anseomra in Middleton, uh, plus open mics at the Comedy Cavern or the Liberty Bar. He's often at those places. Do go check him out if you can, I'm sure. You'll enjoy his stuff. Anyway, back on with the podcast. Back on with the podcast. Is that a thing? Let's get... The podcast shall continue. And we're back to Valtteri Podcast, where we are talking today to Harry Hussey, the CEO of Team Not You Too. Uh, We've already figured out some things about Harry's vehicle so far, so... It's essentially a 1980s-esque car with an emergency system that gets a massive parachute out if you're about to crash. Higher safety standards than anything we've got in Formula One at the moment. Um, We've pimped it up a bit so it can actually be competitive as opposed to the maximum 250 kilometers per hour it usually had prior to this. Uh, Design-wise, we've basically got a a crossed-out Bono. Bonio, sorry, Bonio. We said... Um, and the car itself is relatively white, so the red on the mm. crossing outline thingy stands out. Yeah, and as I said as well, red and white are the colours of Cork County. Oh, so it's a bit of patriotism then? Yeah, I mean, Cork is more... It's like Roy Keane had this saying, Cork first, Ireland second, or something like that, is attributed to him. It's, it's, it's a... Actually, to be honest, I'm playing up to a cliche here. Within Ireland, this won't mean anything to any listeners outside of Ireland, but... We have this reputation down in Cork of being inordinately proud of being from Cork. To which I say nonsense. Inordinate would mean that we had nothing to be proud of. <laughs> and of course we do. It's the best county in Ireland. Yeah, you definitely do. And it's a yeah. flag thing as well. Like you yeah. have red on the left, white on the right. It's the end of small town. We have nothing to be proud of. So it makes sense. It's inverting everything. You do have something to be proud of. Ah, yeah, Tim Borge. Um, you, mentioned, well, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned Roy Keane there, and I wonder, because he's known for like being a fantastic leader, and I wonder if he's going to be your team principal. Is he going yeah, to be leading your yeah, team? Yeah, he would. He would, he would take nothing. Like, 
you could imagine you did just something now and somebody would say something like, oh, well, well done to your driver for, for putting up a good fight today. Well done. That's his job. That's his, <laughs> that's his latest catchphrase now when, when he'd be doing pundits and stuff like that. Like there's even a meme going around like, like Santa Claus. heavily memed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Roy Keane would take no nonsense. He he also has a good sense of humour, albeit dry. Um, he Very is cool. also quite well able to express himself, even if he can be controversial at times. But I still feel he will be able to get his point across clearly. Yeah, I, I think he'd be able to drive the, no pun intended, drivers you will have selected. Basically. Oh, I think so, definitely, um, definitely. Yeah. So, will he need some support maybe from some other uh, individuals so he, it's not too like brazen and blunt no, no 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 he's grand he's misunderstood he's a pussycat really there's a sweeter side to Roy Keane we don't get to see unless you're Meek Richards is around I guess. yeah we're gonna be seeing or, or Gary Neville or someone nah, no, Gary Neville will just remind him of the 90s and we're not focusing on the 90s we're heavily focusing on the 80s today ah we can we focus on the 90s at a better 90s than 80s because <laughs> Because I was older, because I was a young man rather than a child. So it was cool. Yeah. The linear yeah. nature of time means that the, the longer exactly. time goes on, the cooler it feels. Well, Einstein. Uh, until it doesn't. Put it that way. According to Einstein, time is relative. So the 90s is my aunt and my and the, the 80s <laughs> is my second cousin. The older... Decade is the second cousin, but it's relative. You see, it just it just doesn't say that it has to be that relative. Right, right, right. So yeah, of course, Einstein also said time is a flat circle. So I guess we're buying. Yes, that. and um, Einstein probably all, all said lots of other things too, like where's my dinner, but they're not yeah. documented. It, it is heavily documented. I say. I mean, it's quoted to this day. Probably, yeah. Ooh, oh, he right. would have said it in German, maybe. Although that said, no, when he lived in America, he might have said it in English, of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, his famous quotes would have been translated by now, and they have, yeah. clearly, because I hear um, grumpy old men say it all around the country. He was probably the original person who said an honorable by the dust as well. <laughs> he was. That's where yeah. Queen got it from, yeah. We, we, we will find evidence of that. Oh, yeah. Well. Will, will any of Einstein's quotes be essentially like tattooed on your car in any way? Or are we not no, paying just... tribute to Einstein? We're paying tribute to Einstein by the very fact that we can do things according to an Einsteinian view of physics. We don't have to have any blatant endorsement. It's implicit behind everything that we do. It's implicit behind the wheel, I'd Indeed. say, as well. Well, no, the wheel was invented before him. <laughs> Sorry, it's implicit after the wheel. Yeah, it's an is the way it works. Uh, okay, so Roy Keane is going to be leading your Definitely. team. Definitely. And I assume he's going to be quite hard on the backroom staff. Of course. Of course. Of course, if they don't do their job, but if they do their job, he will be hard but fair. Okay. He's not a slave driver. He'll just demand that they give 110%, which is impossible, but he'll still demand it. Yeah. Uh, that he'll hold them to the same high standards that he holds himself. Exactly. So what kind of uh, training drills are we seeing Roy give the pit crew? Or he'd be standing there like a sergeant major shouting out orders at them and he'd be getting them just to practice on how fast they can change a wheel and now shave another millisecond off it there, do it again, do it again, do it again, keep doing it. 
for all for, for hours in a day. And How then to hours? do five hours nonstop. Okay. No 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 toilet breaks, nothing. Just five hours. We're gonna notice around team not you two's um pit stop area that um the leaks won't be only oil. No, they can have that thing set up the fighter pilots have. Okay, so we do have some more inbuilt gadgets. We're finding a more. Well, you know, they have this sort of thing. Like, so you don't see anything, but like, if they if they need to relieve themselves, it just goes down a, a discrete tube, which you don't even see. When high you, tech. If, yeah. Well, yeah, they can wear high tech runners if they want. There are other brands are available because we're not sponsored by high tech. Are you not? Okay. Do you have any sponsors? Yeah, I think we'll have um, the Cork GA. What's GA for the uninitiated? Gaelic, Gaelic, something like Gaelic Athletic Association, but the main two sports under the auspices of it are Gaelic football, which is different from soccer, and hurling, which is people holding wooden sticks, lashing a small hard ball around the place, and wearing Pur- helmets. Curling, and- you say? Hurling. Oh, hurling. Okay. Oh, we can't play curling because. Uh, we... Yeah, but the way it was described, I understand. It might have been curling pretty easily. I know, but I mean, the thing is, what you have to remember is, even though we are colder up here than you are down in Malta, uh, because of the Gulf Stream and other things, like we don't really get much ice thick enough to do anything like curling. That's also why we don't have an Irish tradition of ice hockey. You'd have to have indoor ice hockey rinks to do anything in this country. I believe they have one in Belfast now. Do they? Yeah, I believe so. But I don't know who they play because there are no teams. In... I've not heard of any. Maybe, or else they might play teams from, I don't know where else, exhibition matches like the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. Well, they'll do it like we did when we were kids, you know, just select which players go in which team every, every time I'll get left to last. Um, and it's disappointing. And that's that sounds we... so much like my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Roy Keane's going to be running them silly for five hours. Oh, definitely, yeah. Not allowing them to piss. Any other things he's going to be doing to them? Well, he's going to make them do all this kind of stuff. Do you know the way you'd see people when they're... These things that seem irrelevant, even for soccer as well. Like when you see people doing that kind of thing where there's tires on the ground, which could be the tires from the cars, and they're doing this kind of thing where they're putting their feet in between them and, you know, all these exercises you see at the side of a soccer pitch. That they have so to do that sense, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they have to do all that too because they have to be nimble to some degree. Yeah, and that makes so much sense for this one because yes. as a pitch crew, you have to become one with the tires. Exactly. Well, yeah, well, then, of course, as well, with the one with the tires, he's going to, again, go against his public image there and there's going to be some kind of uh, transcendental meditation element as well So where you feel one with the tire. <laughs> Roy Keane used to do yoga near the end of his career to prolong... His physical fitness. A lot of the Manchester United players of that era did that to look after their bodies. So, yeah, so Roy Keane would go in there and he'd say, No, you're not meditating properly. Come on, come on. Yeah, with uh, that, no, that ringing in your back of your head, I wonder why they're not meditating properly. I know, I know, but they... who knows? Fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Yes. That's what Roy Keane says. And that is, in fairness, quite accurate statement Wouldn't it is he and he does say it so he, i he assume he'll be saying that to his drivers as well oh he would we haven't revealed yeah. who the drivers are as of yet not yet no will we be revealing them now yeah 
So I'll go with two drivers. And I think a nice mixture of real drivers and imaginary drivers. Because I know I'm allowed to have anything I want. Yeah, the so, FIA will not get in the way of anything. No. There's no regulations imposed on you. You're heavily expected to finish last. You can do whatever. Okay. Yeah, but then if we finish second last, it'll be brilliant. I'll run around the place with a bottle of champagne. But, I look uh, forward to seeing that. Exactly. But I won't drink it all. We'll pour a glass for you if you can make it to Bahrain. So basically, because my knowledge of Formula 1 basically goes back to the early 90s. Um, poor Michael Schumacher isn't in a fit, fit condition because he had a bad accident some years back skiing or something. So I'll bring Damon Hill out of retirement. And are we bringing um, a 60-plus-year-old Damon Hill or peak Damon Hill? No, as he is now, because he did more experience. Okay, so we're yep. saying Damon Hill is going to be under the tutelage of Roy Keane. Damon Hill, I believe, once was given an egg before a race by Bob Mortimer, if I recall this correctly. Really? Excellent. Yeah, I recall. Was this in the days of um, Reeves and Mortimer being on telly with shooting stars? It, it must be. Kind of Damon Hill's career in F1 wasn't that long. so. I seem to remember him being a guest on Shooting Stars at least once. If you think about his shooting stars was in the 90s, it coincided with his peak fame. And I do remember him being on shows where he slightly sent himself up. So shooting stars has to be one of them. And Uvavu, Uranu, Ulrikakakaka, and all this stuff. Do you think he might have won a race with Bob Mortimer's egg somewhere on him? I know. Actually, do you know what that sounds like? You know, I fully believe it, but it sounds like one of Bob Mortimer's elaborate stories that he tell him, but I lie to you. So Damon Hill is going to be one of your drivers. Yes. And we're going to get a second driver in, I assume. And the other driver will be Dick Dastardly. <laughs> Dick Dastardly. Yes. For, for, for the younger listeners, can we explain who Dick Dastardly okay. is? There was a cartoon which, just before you, for less of the younger listeners part, that cartoon is older than me. But it was still being shown a lot when I was a kid. And when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, okay. But there was a series that came out in the late 60s, I think, mid to late 60s, called Wacky Races. It was um, Hanna-Barbera, I believe. Although I'd have to check that. And it was all these different teams, like the Ant Hill Mob and all these people, Penelope Pit Stop, all competing in a race. And there was this one car driven by Dick Dastardly and his co-driver Motley, who was as the name would suggest, his dog, a mutt. And poor old Dick Dasterly, he won a race once, I think, but something happened that he still didn't get to have the trophy or whatever, I can't remember. But the thing is, Dick Dasterly at the time, I must say, had disciplinary issues. As did Damon Hill. Maybe, but I don't... Yeah, but I don't recall Damon Hill ever getting... A tin of paint and painting a sign saying something like diversion this way and the cars will go the wrong way. It's interesting. You've got essentially this was described as a wild card team and you've got yes. pretty much two wild cards. Definitely. But the thing is my strategy for Dick Dastardly is more cunning than that. I believe I for a start, I believe that the band can be reformed. The band? The man can be reformed. Oh, the man can be reformed. I thought you meant the band could be reformed. We're going to get like bonus motley out of here somewhere. No, no, no. That would be different. We're not talking about music here. I mean, after all, we're called not U2. If we were called U2, then we'd have a band. Yeah, but, and uh, we had motley and we could form the motley crew. That's true as well. Actually, yes. Would he be Tommy Lee then? 
I don't know anything about them. No, I just know that's all I know about Motley Crue is Tommy Lee was their drummer. Well, and all I know about Tommy Lee is that he was with Pamela Anderson and they made videotapes of each other. <laughs> that somehow leaked. Oh, the disdain in which you said videotapes. Well, I suppose, look, they were married couple, but like, it's not going, it, it wasn't the Battleship Potemkin, Tim. It wasn't, it, was, it wasn't award-winning cinematic. You know, the, the plot was probably rubbish and I can't imagine it would have had a plot at all. Like an early 80s action film. No, it was a bit spicier than that, I believe. I've not seen it, but I believe it would be the kind of thing where if it came on the television, my mother would get the controls and turn it straight off. So but anyway, I believe we can redeem Dick Dastardly. And what the thing is, for a start, I, ha- I have Roy Keane in. Roy Keane has his own disciplinary issues, but he has a sense of fair play and he's hard enough. He could clamp down on Dick Dastardly and I could also appeal to his better nature. And I could say, look, everybody expects you to go out there and do some really elaborate cheating. They've seen all the wacky racist cartoons already because they've done their homework on you. Uh, if they didn't know who he was beforehand, they'd check up to see who this man is driving. So I would say to him, just go out there, drive an honest race. Because of your reputation, everybody will be looking at you, expecting. When's he going to make his move? When is he going to spread... Leaves it up on the track so there's a pit underneath that will fall into. Or when is he going to paint a road sign pointing the, the wrong way? They'll be too busy watching him. So then Damon Hill, they won't be noticing him. They'll say, Damon Hill is past it now. We won't look at him. Damon Hill will be left to romp home. Okay. Yep. So it's going to be Roy Keane essentially getting into Damon Hill's head because I feared that Dick Dastardly might try to have an influence. No. Dick Dick Dastardly will know his place in the pecking order when he meets Roy Keane. Yeah, he he's had enough like bottom place finishes to know his place in the pecking order to be. Well, fair. that as well. But but what I'm saying is he won't be there. Like I got the impression he was he was very two dimensionally evil, literally because he was flat cartoon drawing. <laughs> but like he wasn't evil in terms of having cunning schemes and motivation or anything. I think. He realised that he met his match. I mean, he can work under people because in the in the other series, Stop the Pigeon, Dick Dastardly was trying to stop the pigeon. But he was working for an unseen superior that would talk to him through the phone. Oh, okay. So he can yeah. be controlled. He, and yeah. Roy Keane would definitely be able to tame him well, then. Definitely, yeah, definitely. So it is interesting that going back to the earlier bit when you said you don't want like any cheaty James Bond stuff to now have... <laughs> Dig dastardly in your team and hope but for that's, the best. But the thing is, the cars won't have anything built in for him to cheat. He will be disciplined by Roy Keane not to cheat, and he will be told that if everybody expects him to cheat, then he might confound expectations if he doesn't. Hmm, and it might win him a seat in a future race, for all we know. It might, and it might win Motley a medal. That was a big motivating oh. factor for Motley. That's true, that's true. What they used to love medals or the little dog treats that he was given as well. He'd go up into the sky, wouldn't he, in kind of almost... Yeah, yeah and then he'd float back down. We'll make, it, we'll make an arrangement. On the off chance, Dick Dastardly gets a podium. It won't be champagne he's given. It'll be given dog treats from Utley. From Utley, yeah. Ah, well, no, champagne for Dick Dastardly himself. Oh, uh, he's a human a bonus. 
throw in a bonus dog trade then. Yeah, for Motley. Because Mot- Motley is going to be in the car with him. Is he? Ooh. Yeah, I, don't know if there's any, I don't know if there's any regulations about that, but luckily the FIA <laughs> aren't looking at you. Well, yeah, well, Motley comes as part of the package. Like every every vehicle he was in, like the, the race car and the wacky races, the airplane and stop the pigeon, Motley was there, sat alongside him, his faithful dog. Russell, 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 think dastardly. Hmm. Yeah. And can Roy Keane control Motley? Dick Dastrally controls Motley by offering him a medal. That plays to Motley's, I don't know, is it a vanity or a need for recognition or whatever? It's just, I'll give you this medal. That'll keep Motley sweet. Okay. Yeah. Well, so this is a, a clear strategy you've gotten that you're putting all your faith in Roy Keane. It's yes, and I'm, and that's based on the fact that he and I are both from the north side of Cork City. So I'm hoping, and he's a similar age to me. He's only a small bit older. So I'm just hoping that that will give us enough common ground. And just to clarify again, will you be prioritizing one of your drivers over the other? Well, Damon Hill is the one I expect to actually maybe win the race. Okay, so Damon Hill might be the one getting a more favorable strategy. Well, yeah, Dick Dastardly's role is just to be decoy, really. But I'd have to, I'd have to get Roy Keane to butter him up in such a way that he doesn't know that. All right. I'm assuming then over the entire month you've been training Dick Dastardly to learn like how to defend in this car he's never driven before. Yeah, I mean, look, but look, he's driven. He can fly an aeroplane. He can drive this. He can, yeah. If, if anything, one of the great things you have done is bring in one of the most adaptable drivers in history. Yeah, I mean, it's just whatever the animators do him drive, he could drive. No animators. It's, uh, no, it's but it's, it's all real. I know, but, but in the days when he was animated, when he'd be plucked out of the animated world and made real, he would somehow still have all those abilities that he was written to have. Yes, that that's exactly the way so, this is planned to go. Yeah. Everything just transmutes if that's a word for yeah, all I don't the know. animated world into the real um like, like who framed roger rabbit who did no the film big dastardly did no he, he wasn't involved do you have any other strategies planned in terms of how you'll be overtaking other cars bearing in mind you will be starting at the back of the grid well that's understandable because we just got in as a wild card so that's fair enough i'm not going to complain about that um how will we overtake other cars? Well, apply the rules of the road, albeit at a much greater speed. It's kind of like when you can see around and you can see that there's no... Well, for a start, anyway, one thing, we know there won't be any car coming against us in the other lane. All the cars are going in the same direction, or they should be. Yes. So it's not like you're Unless going to... Dick go... Dastardly really fucks up. It's a risk. I admit, Tim, it's a calculated risk that I'm taking, plucking this ne'er-do-well from an up, uh, a now-obscure... 50-odd-year-old cartoon. Here's a possible strategy, though, to just leave him there, like, going reverse direction, crashing into other cars. No, no, because he might crash into Damon Hill. He might crash into Damon Hill. And wouldn't, wouldn't that be fun for... It wouldn't uh, be fun for Damon Hill. It'd be, it'd be probably okay for Dick Dastardly if his body still would apply... If cartoon logic still applies to him. Yes, cartoon He'd, logic does still apply well then he'd be fine he'd just have like his face would be all blackened with smoke and that like and then the next cut to another scene he'd be perfectly fine again but damon hill is a human being and yeah we don't want anyone actually i wouldn't want anyone crashing into anyone even opposition team members because there are some things more important than winning 
there are. And it's also very good that we have um, finally clarified that Damon Hill is a human being. Um, oh, yeah. All these yeah, years, he... it's a mystery to me. He certainly appeared in a Harry Enfield show at one stage during the 90s. I can envisage him in my mind. Okay. It's an int intriguing link I wasn't expecting with Damon Hill. And no, he cropped up in a, quite a few British comedies. I think he probably had a good sense of humor. He, he actually he had, yeah. he played guitar as well. I think I read somewhere that he played guitar on a song that was on a Def Leppard album, which is unfortunate because Def Leppard, like, well, <laughs> poor him. But still, at least he got to feature in an album by a sort of a band, you know? Exactly. But yeah, yeah, he used to used. To, I remember him playing guitar at these kind of, you know, the you'd see photographs after a race as well. He'd be up there with a guitar, doing all that. Like so, yeah. Man of many talents. Definitely. Yeah. We have. We're assuming. We're not sure if he is good at guitar or not. To be fair, he's well. I can play four chords. He's better than me. Four chords is all you need for a hip hop song. That's true. Well, three is all you need for a punk song. Played with the right attitude. Is there anything else you've kept hidden about your car so, so far before we make the predictions for how you'll get on? Mm, hidden as in that I don't want people finding out that it's powered by a nuclear-powered engine. Oh. I didn't well, say no that. no one heard that. No, one heard no that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. No, no one heard that. It's quite safe unless the car crashes. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll, we'll hope it's a parachute that comes out first rather than... Yes, rather than a mushroom cloud. Yeah. Um, so no one heard that. No one heard that, that no. secret that was just possibly blurted out. It won't make the edit. Don't worry, Harry. That's fine. Don't worry. Um, now, as we said, your team, starting 21st and 22nd, I'm going to assume Damon Hill is your number one driver. Oh, definitely, yeah. So Damon will be starting 21st. Yes. Like dastardly. Twenty-second place, twenty-second. Yeah, with Motley next to him. Yeah, and yep. what are you predicting will be the outcome of your team in this race? I predict that we'll lose, but I just don't want to lose by that much. Okay, so it's any specific positions or range of positions? <laughs> Dick Astley might fail to finish, and uh, Damon Hill will come last out of the twenty-one. Ooh, <laughs> no. Okay, Realistically, but but the bonus then being if I set my sights that low. That means if Damon finishes 19th and Dick Dastardly actually finishes the race, well, then it's a bonus. It is, okay. Yeah. Um, and we're saying Dick Dastardly won't finish. How long do we think it'll take him to um, get knocked out of the race? Uh, bearing in mind the race is 57 laps long. Um, well, he will last most of it, to be fair. But maybe with the fifty third lap something will happen. Fifty third lap. Oh that that yeah. gets naturally classified. Oh does it? The race. So oh, well, then he will finish, so just about, yeah. Yeah, only just about. Assuming he's not been lapped, of course. But something silly something silly will happen then that he'll end up uh driving through the Bahrain. Is there desert in Bahrain? Or is it all developed at this stage? Well definitely not around the track. No, but he'll end up there. Oh, he because will. he'll somehow end up going out of the track and whether it's driving in Bahrain down or not, he'll end up in a desert. He will actually, yeah, because like even if Bahrain itself doesn't have a desert, it would be on a landmass that has deserts if you cross borders. So he'll end up there and he'll be beeping the horn to try and get past some camels or something. Yeah. 
So the final question for you, Harry, um, as the CEO of Team Not You Too. Yes. You obviously have an invite to be at the race. Uh, will you be taking up that invite? Will you just be doing anything else in Bahrain or elsewhere? I'll be I'll be going there just just have a holiday. Um, I'll go to the race as well, but I'll take maybe a five day holiday and just enjoy the weather. Go to a few if there's any nice scenic places, that sort of stuff. Just enjoy, as I say, like. It's this time of the year here in Ireland. It still gets dark relatively early, all that kind of stuff. So just be there, top up my tan, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> what do you mean top up? I well, I know I yeah. generate. Yeah, yeah, you've caught me there actually. And I suppose I'd, I'd count as a day walker. You see, I'm not a full. I'm not a ginger like some Irish people. So I don't disintegrate into into dust if the sunshine should hit my skin. But I would burn if I didn't look after myself. I mean, do you, do you remember the episode of Father Tate where they all the photographs in the mantelpiece? It was like every time Dougal went on a holiday, <laughs> he had all this red face. Well, yeah. that's what happens to most of us if we're up in the sun for longer than half an hour. Even the sunshine that we get in this country. We'll, we'll make sure to sense. grant you some additional umbrellas just to protect you. Oh, I'll, I'll just put on Factor 50 and sunglasses and all that kind of stuff yeah, and i won't be up during the heat of the day yeah. oh well that the hottest part like, quite a bit well i mean the really hottest part like around 12 o'clock one o'clock i'll just go in somewhere in the shade mornings and evenings i'll venture up a bit more okay and night time okay. as well now the the offer to have like a team around you with umbrellas is still open realistically. I've, I've got I've got. I have that here. The FIA. I, I I have that here, but it's diff- it's umbrellas for the rain. Oh, okay, it's it's, it's yeah. a triangular shaped umbrellas that are behind you. No, they're real umbrellas, but they still follow me around with them. Just umbrellas for the rain. Yeah, f- for the listener, that triangle color, just wallpaper, triangle like. Oh yeah. Zaggy thingy. That's the a terrible wallpaper behind me. Yes. That no one will get to see. So I could paraphrase Oscar Wilde, but what was it he said again about? Was it about the wallpaper or something? He said either that goes or I go or something like that when he was on his deathbed. I think he was believed to have said something like that. Were you planning on saying that yourself now? No, if I'm on oh, my okay, deathbed, I'd probably good, say something good. like, "I'm going to die." That sounds right. like Motley during the first fifty-three laps of this race. No, Motley isn't that articulate. <laughs> growls a bit more like he, he can speak but it's harder to understand it's typical Hanna-Barbera canine character talking like Scooby-Doo as well you know you just make them sound vaguely dog like even though dogs can't speak yeah I'm guessing he'll be inferring it quite heavily no it rather. no 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 he'll he'll just be he, he never did that in the wacky races he never said they were going to die we feel like Motley then is an unchanged dog I don't think Motley understands the concept of mortality. Anyway, I think that's all we've got to ask here today. So thank you very much, Harry Hussey, for coming on to the Valtteri podcast. Uh, We'll possibly check back in with you after the race to see how you feel about the team's performance. That would be absolutely fine, Tim. No problem there at all. And it's been a pleasure appearing on your podcast and talking about this race in Bahrain. Well, that was a really enjoyable record with Harry. It's the, it's the first one of these we've recorded, to be fair. Um, and it's really great to chat to someone who 
well, you know, followed the sport in the 90s and <laughs> for, more importantly, as a, as a fan of wacky races. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Of course, do follow us on all social media at Valtteri Pod. That's at V-A-L-T-T-E-R-I. P-O-D, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on a few other places, but those are the main two that matter, really. Um, And we'll be joined once again by Harry a couple of days after the race, just to get his um, post-race thoughts. We'll be doing a short interview with Harry, uh, where we'll just hear um, whatever's on his mind after the result. He laid out quite low expectations for the team, so I assume he'll be quite happy with how it went. You can also follow Harry uh, on Instagram at Harry underscore Hussey 75. So that's H-A-R-R-Y underscore H-U-S-S-E-Y 75. Thank you very much for listening. Bye!